0: Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the 24th day of July. We're heading into the final week of the month of July, and we are heading into the final half. Uh, Well, actually, we're in the final half already of the 13th chapter of Mark. This is the last couple of little stories involved in the Olivet Discourse, and this is probably the most controversial moment. Um, But the moment that, as far as I'm concerned, if we will use our Old Testament, helps ground us where we need to be in this discussion of great tribulation and all that discourse. I'm talking about Mark chapter 13, verses 24 to 27. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of heaven to the farthest, I'm sorry, from the farthest part of earth to the farthest part of heaven. Now you might say, well, this should be the physical indicator of when the end of the world will be, because the sun will have to go dark, and the moon will stop giving its light, and the stars of the heavens will fall. And the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And when that happens, then we're going to see Jesus riding on a cloud. That's how this is often taught. However, the phrase involved with the sun darkening and the moon not giving its light, these are astronomical signs connected to spiritual events. Here's how we know this. Peter is sitting here. In fact, Peter was named at the top of the chapter as one of the people who asked Jesus to explain himself. Peter is in the audience. In Acts chapter 2, Peter is also one of the assembled 120 in the upper room when the day of Pentecost fully comes and the Holy Spirit is poured out and sets upon each of them, and they all begin to speak with other tongues. And Peter stands and begins to preach a sermon. And he chooses as his text the book of Joel, chapter 2. And in the book of Joel, he, Peter essentially quotes this. This is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Acts chapter 2, verses 16 all the way down through 21. And he's quoting Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And if we stopped right there, what we have is Peter recognizing that what has just happened to him and the other disciples on the day of Pentecost is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all flesh, bringing equality to sons, daughters, young, old, men servants, maidservants. He also identifies it as happening. In the last days. Okay. So for Peter, he's in the last days because he's receiving the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't stop talking there. He also reads on because no doubt they've wondered about these old prophetic verses their entire lives. Now he has a framework with which to interpret them. Verse 19, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon turned into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved, by the way, from what is going to happen at the great and coming day of the Lord. We use that as a save from sin, save from hell. And while that can work, it might not be what Peter's talking about contextually. He's talking about whatever's about to happen. What's about to happen? Well, we're in the last days. And he remembers Jesus telling him in Mark 13 that in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. So he knows they've entered the last days and they've been equipped with the Holy Spirit. And what's about to happen is tribulation. And that tribulation is going to precede the sun darkening, the moon not giving its light. And Peter doesn't make the assumption here that the sun is going to go dark and the moon is actually going to turn into blood, but rather the system that has lit the world of their day is coming to an end. We are talking about a people who do not see the end of the world in a cosmic sense, the end of the cosmos. They see the end of the world in an ages sense, the end of the eon. That's the Greek word, the end of an age. They're entering the end of an age. And when the tribulation befalls the early church in the book of Acts, they embrace it because they know it's a sign that they're entering the end of their age. Jesus says they'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And this is a direct reference back to Daniel. The same Daniel he starts quoting in verse 14. So he hasn't left Daniel. He just switches places. Daniel chapter 7 verse 13. I was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom and all the people's nations and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. They that the kingdom is then handed over to the Son of Man who rides the clouds as the new king in his kingdom. So when Jesus says they'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and glory, he knows that they'll know that he's referencing the Son of Man character from the book of Daniel who is receiving a kingdom in its fullness in those days. So when that old system falls. That was the end of an age. And what enters is the fullness, or at least the beginning of the fullness of the kingdom of Christ. He sends his angels, he gathers together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of heaven. And I don't think we have to anymore literally turn verse 20, we don't have to turn verse 27 into literalism if we're going to recognize that 24, 25, 26, we're talking about signs that led to a spiritual reality, then we could say the same thing about the angels gathering the elect. That the earth in that new age, the age when that old mosaic economy is gone, that what's going to happen then is that the elect of God are going to be able to be gathered up from the whole world. It's not going to be a Jerusalem thing. It's not going to be a Jerusalem, uh, 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 a Judea thing. It's going to be All of the earth, which is exactly what the kingdom of God is doing now. Gathering up from all of the earth, the elect of God. We add the parable of the fig tree to this starting tomorrow. See you then. God bless.